What's going on, ladies and gents? Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com, and I've got special guest Brian Roberts on the line today. And I'm really excited about this one because for lots of reasons. Main, main one being that he's got a cool story, and I think it'll be relatable to a lot of y'all. So let's dive right in, into this conversation. How are you, man? I'm good, Robert. How are you? I am great, man. I am great. Um, so, so give everybody like a, a little overview, kind of like a biography here, and then we'll just kind of dive deeper and deeper as we go. Well, uh, I'm just uh, kind of an average, everyday guy. Um, I work a nine to five, although I say that loosely. I'm in retail management for a wireless technology company. So my hours are kind of all over the place. Um, you know, I get the fun Black Friday hours and holiday hours and all that good stuff. But yeah, I just, uh, I'm 35 years old. I live in uh, Missouri right now, currently. Uh, three kids, currently divorced. Um, just uh, just trying to make it by, just trying to uh, live the dream, so to speak. And you've been, um, just kind of make this full circle, and we're going to go way back to the beginning, but j- just to kind of bring it back in, ter- in terms of nutritional stuff. You're, you're, you've been doing keto for how long now? I just finished my... 11th week. 11th week. And what do you think about it so far? I absolutely love it. I, I tried your traditional quote-unquote bodybuilding meal plan when I decided a while back to get into shape and start changing my lifestyle and uh, got into that vicious cycle of chicken and broccoli and rice and oatmeal and and just got so tired of feeling like eating was a chore. Um, I would, you know, try to convince myself that, you know, I was eating for fuel, not eating for entertainment. And that's what kind of got me through. And man, just the cheat meals just started sneaking back. And I just, I needed something different. I needed something more satiable. I needed something that I could sustain and just kind of researched and stumbled upon the ketogenic diet and ketogenic lifestyle and fell in love with it. And I, I rave about it. I talk to everybody I know about it. And I mean, honestly, man, the, the main reason, just kind of give the audience some context here. You, you sent me an email and it went into depth about kind of like some of the, the highs and lows of your life. And not not to say that like keto alone you know, motivated you to switch course and kind of like change the direction you were headed. But it's cool to see you, you know, dive into the community of keto and just like the people and and healthy, just a healthy lifestyle in general. And then you start gaining momentum and then you have the tools available to you. Or not even necessarily having the tools at the front end, but you have the desire to improve your life from what you are currently. And that is powerful. And I think anybody could relate with that and benefit from it. Absolutely. It's, it's truly, you know, when you hear people say that, that quote unquote word lifestyle, there's, it really is a lifestyle. I mean, it's, it's not just, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to eat this way. I mean, there's, there's scientific medical backing that proves this is something that has cured diseases, continues to cure disease. Um, You know, it's something that allows for better brain functionality. Um, my, my focus is 
you know, that was one of the things that I, that I read about was just the, the brain focus, the, the cognitive clarity. And I thought to myself, what does that mean? Like, I'm, I'm fine. I can function. I'm intelligent. I can have a conversation with, with anyone that I come in contact with. I mean, what does that mean? And wow. I mean, once, once you dive in and, and you start to, to see that and, and feel that focus, it's, it's crazy. And you just, you just, you want to get involved. You want it to become something that you talk about and promote and get involved with. And, you know, you, you were one of my first kind of contacts as far as the keto community. And I follow um, Keto Connect as well. Um, shameless plug. Congrats on the uh, engagement, guys. Yeah. I, I saw that on your video today. But yeah, it's it's really it really is a lifestyle, and, and I'm I'm starting to get people from work, you know, asking me more about it, and you know, wanting to get involved with it, and it's just it's a great it's a great feeling to have not only found something that works for you nutritionally, but also kind of a sense of community and belonging when when it comes to it. So, hundred percent, man. And the cool thing about it is it just keeps. And building on itself and and not just necessarily keto specifically but just the the whole thing you know like you for instance you might be like just a, a sedentary individual that's eating very poorly makes poor life decisions smokes yada yada the whole the whole nine yards and then you make one little change to that you start deciding you know you're gonna you're gonna eat a little cleaner you're gonna you're not gonna have the sugars the carbs and you're gonna try and clean things up a little bit and then you notice you feel a little bit better you start feeling a little bit better. You're like, oh, wow, what's the next level? What's the next thing I can do to improve upon this? And you decide, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and stop smoking. And then you feel how much better you feel after that. And it just keeps compounding and compounding on itself until before you know it, like you're excited about the things that most people say is just work. Like people look at dieting and, and living a healthy lifestyle and training as a negative because it's like, oh, that's something I have to do. When you switch your mentality towards that, and it becomes something that you want to do because you're excited about being a better person tomorrow than you are today, then you become limitless. Exactly. Exactly. So, t- dive into like the, the history, man, like the, the past. Like I, you sent me a, a really involved email um, about kind of like, you know, your your story, so to speak, and kind of what brought you to this point. And, and a lot of it doesn't have to do with nutrition, but it's a cool story. I think it resonates with people, and I think it would it would help. I don't know. I think I think it's just an awesome story. So just dive into that, man. Yeah, I uh, I will. I'll dive in as as deep as I can. Um, I mean, I guess I'll start uh, when I was younger. Um, you know, I grew up with a brother. Uh, my parents were divorced right around the time I was going into fourth grade. Um, I kind of started to get involved with extracurricular activities. At that point, I was a huge fan of basketball. Um, around fifth grade, I, I started in the band. So I picked up an instrument. I played the clarinet and the saxophone. Um, basketball kind of became my first love. I just found myself, um, obsessed with Michael Jordan and, and the NBA and, you know, gaining that, that dream, that momentum of becoming an NBA basketball player. So that's really what I put my focus into. Um, you know, family life as far as, as growing up as a kid, you know, to me seemed normal. Um, my stepdad wasn't the greatest guy to get along with. He was a old school, high school football coach, English teacher. So things were pretty strict. I remember, um, punishments, you know, he never, 
spanked me or anything like that. My punishments were I had to write, I will not hit my brother 500 times mm-hmm. or, you know, things like that was, um, was, were some of the things that I would get punished. My brother would do push-ups before bed if he got in trouble or things like that. So, you know, things were, things were, you know, f- under the circumstances, what I thought was normal. My mom was always very supportive with, with every decision I ever made. She was, she was always my biggest fan, my biggest cheerleader. Um, I went through elementary school into junior high into high school as a top level athlete. Um, I was all conference, all area basketball. I was all conference, all area symphonic band, jazz band, um, played um, in the band all through junior high and high school, uh, was drum major. So I led the marching band my senior year, uh, picked up uh, singing along the way. So I uh, was actually traveling to a state competition for a symphonic band. And some of the guys and I were in the back of the bus and we just started singing. And uh for those of you that know anything about 90s R&B, I'm a huge 90s R&B fan. Boys to Men is actually what we were singing in the back. <laughs> and, it, and everyone just kind of started commenting about my voice. And I said, you know, I really didn't think that I had a good voice. You know, I, I always just kind of sung along in the shower and things like that, but never, never took it seriously. And, you know, come to find out, apparently I had a pretty decent voice. So I ended up joining the choir and did some things with the the high school drama team and, and stuff like that. So I kept myself busy. Um, I was offered some athletic scholarships for basketball and track uh, to some D2 and D3 schools. I was also offered some scholarships for music. Um, the music scholarships were pretty, pretty extensive. Um, they required a major in music and Honestly, at that point in my life, it just wasn't my true passion. So I didn't really pursue um, music outside of high school as far as the instrumentation and vocal coaching and things like that. Um, I ended up accepting an athletic slash academic scholarship to a Division three school in Northern Illinois for basketball. Unfortunately, um, my knees were not agreeing with me. I had two different types of tendonitis in each knee and my specialists basically said that the only way for me to get better was to take a year off and do absolutely nothing and of course that wasn't in the cards at the time I was heading into my senior year of high school basketball season I did take the summer off felt pretty good the start of the year and just kind of went downhill from there Um, didn't end up running track that year Um, Due to the fact that my scholarship was mostly academic, I was able to go to school for a year, but I never played basketball for uh, for the college team. So it was kind of kind of disappointing. Um, Mm -hmm. But with that being said, I kind of had found a new passion and that was singing. So uh, I I kind of got into the realm of songwriting and uh, I got into a high school band with some guys that uh, played guitar and drums and bass and things like that in the high school band and kind of put all of my efforts into that. Um, I kind of jumped around from band to band, finally got hooked up with a uh, local band from Chicago that had been relatively established. And we just went 
pedal to the metal. We were touring the Midwest um, in a 15-passenger van. We were playing every Big Ten college campus, um, covers. We were playing original songs. We wrote, practiced basically every day, spent countless hours in the studio. Um, you know, one of the things that you you get asked a lot are, oh, tell me some stories about the road. And, oh, you must have had a blast. And it's like, honestly, no. We were trying to make this a career. We would drive four hours to Wisconsin to play a show. And the only thing we could think about afterwards was getting home and getting back into our own beds. Mm -hmm. So we would drive home every night and just, we just put the work into it. We played, um, we did some local area news shows. We played uh, nationally syndicated talk shows. We opened up for some relatively large acts you know, we thought we were going to make it. Um, that unfortunately didn't pan out as well. Um, when it came to, uh, the financial aspect of the business, you know, we started talking to management companies who were going to promote our music. And, uh, we met with an entertainment lawyer that worked with the likes of Ario Speedwagon and Sticks and Journey and guys like that. And basically he sat down with us one day and said, okay, who writes the music? And at the time I was basically writing all of the lyrics, all of the melodies, and my guitar player was writing all of the chord progressions. And he basically looked at us and said, okay, you two split 60% and you other guys split 40%. And that didn't sit very well with the other guys in the band. And that kind of uh, caused some conflict. You know, our guitar players would come to practice with songs and our drummer would come to practice with songs. Everybody wanted to write now so they could get more royalties and it just got to the point where it was more butting heads than anything. And we kind of went our separate ways. Um, along the way, I met a girl moved at the time I was living in Chicago. I moved to Southern Illinois where she was from about five hours South of, of where I was living currently. That was back in 2003. We were married shortly after that. So uh, dated for about eight months or so until we got married. We got married in 2004. My first child was born in 2006. Uh, my second child was born in 2009. Um, you know, going through married life was, you know, kind of what I expected. You're, you know, you have your ups and downs and a relationship is not necessarily always an easy thing, but you try to do all you can, being a new dad, a new husband, um, balancing those types of things was difficult. Um, but, you know, we, we made it through. Uh, her parents owned a business, and I kind of uh, helped grow that business. Uh, so it was convenient for us to have grandma and grandpa around all the time and, uh, you know, help, help watch and raise the kids. About 2007, um, business kind of slowed down and I was kind of forced to find employment elsewhere. So I delved into the wireless technology industry and I've been there ever since. Um, that extreme change of career, I think, put a lot of pressure on my marriage. Um, just, just transitioning, you know, from being there all the time. Basically, you know, 
my wife and kids had access to me 24 seven after the new um, job or before well before and then yeah when you're when you're thrust into the the corporate world outside of a family-run business you're not accessible as you used to be mm-hmm. so i think that caused that caused some problems um along the way you know i i i kind of got depressed after my second child was born, you know, just different things that that go on in a marriage, in a family, uh, when you're head of household, you know, main breadwinner, uh, balancing work and life and finances and mortgages and car payments and raising two kids and trying to be a good dad, trying to be a good husband, you know, that, that's a lot of pressure. Um, and, you know, by no means... Do I feel that I was the only one going through that? But, you know, I, I, I dealt with it by eating and eating unhealthy. Uh, I, I remember I got into a routine where I, I literally would not eat all day. The only thing I would do was drink coffee. Mm-hmm. My, my coffee consisted of cream and 12, 13, 14, 15 packets of sugar. And I would consume... 15, 20 of those a day. 20 of those get off work. Exactly. I would get off work seven, eight, nine o'clock at night and just stuff myself with whatever I felt like, whether it be Taco Bell or McDonald's or Burger King or, you know, we decide to go out to a restaurant or I would get home and make four or five packets of ramen noodles or three or four bowls of cereal, you know, what, whatever. I, I had no concept of health or I just, I was hungry. So I ate and, you know, I was always very thin, um, ectomorph, I guess you could say tall, lanky. My whole family is like that. And I ballooned up to about 230 pounds and I can safely say not much of that was muscle. Yeah. Uh, I was walking around and I looked like I was seven, eight, nine months pregnant, had a big old belly and just felt miserable. Uh, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't put my shoes on in the morning without feeling like I just ran a marathon. It was, it was horrible, but I, I was, I was unhappy. I was depressed and that's, that's all I knew to do. I found refuge in food and you know, it wasn't, it wasn't who I wanted to be. But I just kind of found myself stuck in that rut. Um, I won't go into detail as far as the end of my marriage, but there there was a lot that went on. I lived a Jerry Springer sort of lifestyle for about a year and a half. And uh, I, I do have a, a third child now. He was born 20 months ago, little Zayden, my little man. And... Uh, you know, things, things for me changed when I got divorced as far as being thrust into life as a now single 34-year-old male who hadn't been on his own for you know, 13 years. Uh, you know, I really didn't have a place to stay. I, you know, I didn't know I was, I was giving my ex-wife money for the kids and you know i ended up staying with some friends staying in hotels um you know bouncing back and forth between hotels every two three nights 
um, basically going through finding the cheapest rates and, you know, just trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life. Um, I finally made the decision to look for a place um, in between my three kids so I can have access to all of them basically, you know, whenever I could. Um, going through the divorce process was difficult. Mm. Going through the visitation and child custody battles were difficult. There was a span of probably six months where I didn't talk to my kids um, just because of different different things that you go with, you know, go through, I guess you can say, in the divorce proceedings and things like that. And I, you know, I found myself kind of in that, that rut again where I was just looking for answers, looking for you know, you know, what, what am I going to do? How am I going to make it through this? Like, and I kind of fell into food again and, you know, got ballooned up over 200 pounds again. And it was, it was, it was crazy. I'd been through this roller coaster before, you know, there was, there was a time in my marriage where I finally decided to try to get healthy and, and ate a little bit better and started working out a little bit better. And, you know, found P90X and, you know, made my way about halfway through that. And, you know, that was, I think one of, honestly, come, come to find out that was, I think one of the, the biggest conflicts that me and my ex-wife went through. I started to try and live a healthier lifestyle. And that really was conflicting with, with everything else that was going on in my life. And, you know, I would hear from her, you're getting too skinny and you need to start eating better. And, you know, her family would tell me that I was looking too skinny and I was looking like I was sick. And I'm thinking to myself, I weigh, you know, that, you know, I got maybe down to 180, 190, you know, from 230. And I was thinking to myself, you know, when I met all of you guys, when I met you speaking to my ex-wife, I was 155 pounds. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that, that was who I was, you know, at, you know, that was a fit 20, 20 year old guy. And, you know, I'm 190 pounds now, you know, you know, me as this 230 pound unhealthy guy. And now all of a sudden I'm too skinny and I look sick. It was just, it was crazy. Was, so was I she said, healthy? Like, do you think that she would kind of prompt you to, to stop doing that to make her feel better about herself or? I think, I think that was part of it because, because there, there wasn't, there wasn't that that equal decision to, to gain a healthier lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Um, her, her, her unhealthy choices continued and mine kind of shifted. And that was, you know, it wasn't, I wasn't coming home and eating the double XL burrito from Taco Bell. I would make myself a chicken breast with some vegetables and I would bring home Kentucky fried chicken for the rest of the family. And that, I think that conflict, you know, just brought on stress in the relationship um, so, you know, my thought process at the time was do everything you can for your family. So I said, okay, well, I'll fall back off the wagon and just, you know, I didn't want to deal with it anymore. So I, you know, picked up the bad habits again. So, you know, it wasn't until I was back on my own that I was finally able to make the decision to start living healthy again. And I didn't have anyone that was going to stop me this time. I wasn't going to use how other people thought of me as an excuse 
to give it up. I was going to do it and I was going to stick to it. And I didn't care what people thought. I didn't care, you know, if somebody said, well, why are you eating that? Or, man, you're losing weight or, you know, you look sick or you look unhealthy. And, you know, by no means did I feel like I looked sick or looked unhealthy. I mean, I looked like I did, you know, back in, in high school, back in college. So my, my process to get healthy started about a year, about a year ago, about a year and a half ago, maybe. Um, after my divorce was final, I, I think I, I was about 200 pounds. Um, I started kind of scouring the web for meal plan ideas and just started researching how to work out and how to eat more healthy. And, you know, of course you, you get into the mindset where if it says healthy on the package, it's healthy. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was my starting point. Um, healthy processed foods, <laughs> healthy whey protein shakes, healthy, um, protein bars and with, you know, 26 to 30 grams of sugar per serving. And, you know, I, I would eat vegetables and I would eat fruits and I would eat chicken breast and rice. And I bought the little packets of uh, prepackaged oatmeal with strawberry flavor and apple flavor and those kinds of things. And, you know, I thought, Hey, this is much better than McDonald's and Burger King. So it, you know, it must be healthy for me. So, you know, naturally when you go from the fast food lifestyle to really anything, I guess, more prepared at home, you notice, you notice improvements. So I I lost maybe 10, 15 pounds or so, 20 pounds, maybe got down to about 180, 85 pounds and kind of plateaued. Uh, I, you know, went out to Walmart and bought myself a makeshift home gym, some adjustable dumbbells that went up to 25 pounds and some, some bands and an exercise ball and a yoga mat. And I started going online and looking for different home workout programs I could do and tried to pick up P90X again, but I I really didn't, I I really didn't get into that. Um, You know, I took some of the exercise from it and incorporated it into my own program, so to speak. But um, you know, started noticing that that helped a little bit. Um, started researching more about the foods I was eating and, uh, you know, started cutting out some more of the processed foods, gave up the granola bars, the protein bars, the, the, the healthy quote unquote packaged foods that I was, that I was, you know, the, the prepackaged healthy choice meals and things like that, that I was bringing to work every day. I kind of gave those up and started doing more weekly meal prep, you know, I'd cook three, four, five chicken breasts at a time and a batch of broccoli, a batch of rice. And, uh, you know, started, started looking more into how fitness played a role in health and how to build muscle and how to burn fat with list cardio and hit cardio and the differences in those types of things. And, you know, how to carb cycle, how to plan your meals around your workouts and things like that. I, I really, I really got into it. I really kind of saw it as, as becoming part of my life, part of a, part of a lifestyle that I could kind of maintain. And um, I, I just, I fell in love with it. I really did. And, you know, shortly, shortly after picking up more of the workout aspect of it, the fitness aspect of it, I joined a gym. 
uh, started getting more into figuring out how compound lifts worked and um, hypertrophy versus strength training and and you know how your proteins and carbs and fats played a role in macronutrients and how to calculate those as far as your diet goes and you know the differences in bulking versus cutting and maintaining and looking to figure out your maintenance calories and your calorie deficit and your calories. So, you know, all of these things that go into this kind of fitness lifestyle, I really, I really got into it and, uh, you know, started, you know, messing around with my fitness pal and things like that. You know, I always found, you know, I might be old school and it's crazy to think that I'm in the technology world, but I found it old school to just kind of write out a plan and write out a breakfast and a lunch and a dinner and write out the proteins and the fats and and the carbs and the calories and kind of document it that way. It helped me kind of stick to that. I, you know, that was my meal I was going to make. Mm-hmm. And those were my macros on that meal. I didn't have to worry about tracking anything because I wasn't going to stray from that meal that I had already written out and prepped for, and I was good to go. And, uh, you know, I, I, I did much better. I got down to about one, 175, 170. You know, my, I really never had a goal weight. I was never really focused on that. I was focused on more body recomposition. I wanted to look better. I wanted to feel better. I didn't worry about, you know, losing. I mean, I knew, you know, in order to look better, I had to lo- lose fat, but I didn't, you know, have this, this preconceived, notion of, okay, I was going to get to 155 pounds, my high school weight, or 162 pounds or 165. And I I never really thought about that. I just wanted to look better. I wanted to feel better. And, uh, you know, I kind of went on that journey to to do that. And, you know, that's when things started to get stagnant for me. I just, I felt just bored with the diets, the the meals were just, they were the same. I was getting to where I didn't look forward to eating. I was, I was like, man, I got my broccoli and my chicken sitting in the refrigerator and I got to heat that up in about an hour and I'm just not looking forward to it. And, you know, you, you get those thoughts into your head and you think to yourself, okay, after work today, I'm going to, I'm going to do 20 minutes of cardio I'm going to do a chest and shoulder workout. You know what? I think, I think I'm going to go run, run over to get, I'm going to do Burger King today. I'm just going to get a double cheeseburger, nothing, nothing real big. And this will be my cheat meal for the week. And those cheat meals turn into one or two cheat meals a week. And then it turns into to cheat weekends. And then you jump back on the wagon during the week. And then I started going up and down. I'd gain five, 10 pounds here, lose five, 10 pounds here, gain five pounds here, lose three pounds here. And I just started feeling just groggy and my workout started to suffer. I wasn't as motivated to go to the gym and I I needed a change. So what did I do? I went to YouTube. I started looking up diets and nutrition and I stumbled upon guys um, like Thomas DeLauer and Jason Whitrock who talked about this ketogenic lifestyle 
And I stumbled upon this guy. Um, I think his name, what was his name? I think it was Robert. Robert Sykes from Keto Savage. I saw his video and I was I was watching you and the first video that I saw was your 2018 manifesto. Mm-hmm. And I listened to you didn't really talk about keto, bodybuilding, or anything like that. I didn't really know who you were. I listened to your story, and I listened to just the different things that you had done in your life with work and the grind, so to speak. And I just I immediately felt a connection to you. And when I dove into your channel and saw that you were a ketogenic bodybuilder i was like what does that mean so just watching your videos and and kind of getting a basic foundation of what the ketogenic diet was how the macros were different and i'm thinking to myself listen there's there is no way no way that i could eat that much fat and burn fat. I'm thinking that this is this is not possible. I mean, he's eating 80 20 ground beef and steak. I am I mean I steak is my thing. Like I was like that steak and baked potato, steak and sweet potato. That that was my go-to anytime I went to a restaurant. I can eat steak, I can eat cheese, I can eat butter. Are you are you serious? I can eat butter? Like there, there's no way, there's no way that this is, that this is something that is sustainable. First of all, healthy. Second of all, because that's what you're programmed to think. I, I by no means, I'm a conspiracy theorist. I will never claim to be a conspiracy theorist, but looking at the way that the food and drug industry promote different things when it comes to nutrition. I can't help but think that something's up. Mm-hmm. And you you start to look at things that way when it works. And when you adapt and you change your way of thinking, you start to research those kinds of things. And when I started the keto diet almost 12 weeks ago now, I knew that I was going to be strict. So I, again, old school, wrote down, you know, did a grocery haul, got rid of all of my potatoes and my rice and my noodles and my oatmeal. I mean, I I cleaned house and went shopping for, quote unquote, my keto-friendly foods, um, my green leafy vegetables, my avocado my my fattier cuts of meats, my cheeses, my coconut oil, my MCT oil, my my Kerrygold butter, um, my ghee butter, my pink Himalayan salts. You know, I I went out and got all that stuff compiled, wrote down a meal plan. When I started keto, I was on a cut and was down to about. 1800 calories now this was with my chicken and my rice and my broccoli and my oatmeal and 
I started at about 24, 24 to 2,500 calories keto. And I knew that I was going to lose probably between three and five pounds of water weight within the first week or so, week to two weeks. And I did and consistently lost a pound a week for for six weeks. That's awesome, man. Eating more food. Yeah. More calories. And I was I was sold. I was completely sold. That was again, I am a thinker, I think, and I analyze and I overanalyze. I probably did too much research on the ketogenic diet. I was expecting the keto flu. And for the first couple days, there were some periods that I went through the day and felt like a complete zombie. And I thought, okay, this is expected. You know, what do, what do I do? So I researched it. You know, researched keto flu in more detail, um, started getting more of a baseline in regards to electrolytes and the importance of sodium, potassium, magnesium. Um, I wasn't supplementing with anything at the time. Um, you know, just from what I read, you know, it's, it's almost pointless to, to supplement with potassium because the dosage isn't high enough. Um, I, although I did find zip fizz and I think that was a savior of mine, but, yeah. uh, yeah, sodium, uh, my sodium intake was kind of all over the place. It varied, um, you know, bone broth and chicken broth kind of helped get me through that. Um, I think that was one of the things that I picked up from Jason Whitrock. He said, if you're feeling down, drink a cup of, of bone broth. So that, that kind of helped. And, uh, you know, I made it through that. That didn't really last very long for me. Um, maybe four or five days, I kind of had those ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Um most recently, um, you and I talked about my struggles with water retention. And, um, I think that was kind of part of my quote unquote keto cut that I, my mini cut that I was going through as I was lowering, um, my calories on keto, um, from where I started to kind of burn off the last little bit of body fat that I wanted to, I didn't adjust the electrolytes along with the calories and my macronutrients, I think were off. Um, I think I focused too much on lowering the calories and not keeping the macro ratios where they needed to be as far as the keto diet was concerned. And with the combination of that and the electrolyte imbalance, it was throwing me off. And I was, I was freaking out. I was honestly, my ankles, as soon as I woke up in the morning, my ankles and my lower legs would swell Um, I mean, I got, I got scared. I was, I was, I knew, I knew it was my diet. I never thought that there was something else wrong with me. Um, and I knew something was off, but then there was kind of part of me that was like, no, this, no, I've been doing this now for, for seven, eight, nine weeks. It can't be the diet. It's gotta be something else. Um, so, you know, I even made a doctor's appointment and I was like, well, I need to get my levels checked and I, you know, there might be something wrong. And, uh, you know, I remember I emailed you about it. You responded, uh, with the electrolyte, uh, balance and, and sodium and milligrams and potassium and milligrams. And to look at that point. And finally, I, about a week and a half ago, I, I told myself I was going to fix this. I was going to fix this on my own. 
there wasn't anything wrong with me. It was something I was doing. I didn't need medicine. I didn't need, I didn't need anything. I didn't need Lasix. I didn't, there was nothing wrong with me. I, I could fix this. So I, I broke down what I was eating. I broke down my macros. I broke down not only the macros in the foods that I was eating, but the sodium and potassium content. I was measuring those. I, I was trying to get a baseline of where I was. I was way off. And I recalculated everything. Um, my calorie intake, my ratios, my sodium to potassium. I, I got some zip fizz to, to get some added potassium. And within three days, I was fine. My swelling now has, has been four, four or five days non-existent. Um, I've dropped the four to five pounds of water weight that I was holding on to the last week. And I feel amazing. I feel back to normal, back to normal keto, mm -hmm. but still much better than what I felt before. But I, I, I did it. I, I fixed it which kind of brings me back to that whole conspiracy. The way you feel and your health is so tied to your diet and what you put into your body. It's not about the medicine. It's not about, you know, I know there are things out there that you need medicine for, but there are so many things that we can prevent with what we put into our bodies. And 100%. I will continue to promote this diet for the rest of my life. What, what's really cool to me, man, is that you've taken it one step further. Like you're wanting, like, what are you working on now? Just kind of get the audience a little, little glimpse as to what kind of you're working well, on now, what I, you're excited about. You know, one of the things that, that, like I said, drew me to you was how personal you were, how you were able to to educate and inspire so many people. And I think just naturally, you know, with what I do, with what I've always done, I've always been involved with the public and public speaking, performing, um, you know, working with the public. I've always had a passion for people. I've always had a passion for helping people. And I've dabbled in so many different things. And one of the things that I took away from you was an inspiration to want to help people. Uh, I, I, I'm, I made it a point. I, I set a goal to myself that, you know what? I can start a YouTube channel and I can start a blog and I can, I can start to reach people who have gone through similar things that I have gone through who have been through just normal struggles in life that people go through oftentimes alone. You know, there were, there were so many things that I went through in my life alone. I didn't have a support system. I didn't have, you know, my family is scattered throughout the United States. I don't have a very close knit family and, you know, my, you know, my depression, my, my music career, my athletic career, my, my health and fitness journey, my, my leadership and professional um, background. I've done everything kind of on my own and I've picked up so much. And I feel like, man, if I just had people to go 
go to and in and, and a support system you know maybe things would have been a little bit easier for me maybe i you know wouldn't have felt so depressed and and felt so alone at times in my life and i just thought to myself man i can really i think i can help people i can help someone who's who's down who's you know unsure about you know what they want to do in their lives where to go where to turn and uh you know you inspired me to want to help people and um and and i kind of kind of jumped in you know i I, you know, started researching how to start a YouTube channel and how to start a blog. And, you know, it was, it's never been about money. You know, there, I have my website, you know, is free of advertisements. You know, I don't, you know, I don't have much content on my YouTube channel at this point. I just started, but, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to be, you know, the, the type of guy that started a YouTube channel with really a niche per se. I just wanted to be a normal everyday guy that you can go and, you know, kind of see what the the flavor of the week or flavor of the month was and what what new series am I putting out you know I want to talk about you know I want to talk about family and I want to talk about you know the struggles of of work life balance and health and fitness and leadership and how to make it in the in the professional world and you know those types I, I want to be a voice you know a shoulder to cry on that people can just go to and and just talk with, you know, kind of like we're doing here. Just talk about what's on your mind. And sometimes just being there to listen is all somebody needs. And that's what I want to be. And that, man, is why I wanted to get you on this podcast, because I wanted to illustrate what you're doing. I mean, you, you've you you've gone through struggles. I've gone through struggles. Neither of us were born with like a silver spoon in our mouth. We had We've had ups, we've had downs. So is everybody else in the world. Like, we're nothing special. Um, the thing that we are doing, that you're doing right now, and I'm seeing you do, and I'm proud of you for doing, is simply taking initiative. You know, like you took initiative to, you know, learn about your health, learn about nutrition, learn about training. You know, you watch those YouTube videos on how to exercise properly. You you dug into the, you know, online forums on how to properly eat a ketogenic diet. And, you know, you're taking the initiative on how to build a YouTube channel, how to you know, make a website, how to document your journey. There's so many people out there that could benefit from that. And I'm not telling everybody to, to start keto. I'm not telling everybody to start a YouTube channel or build a business. But simply taking the initiative to try and give back and add more value than you take in this world is huge. And I think, you know, your, your story is cool because it's relatable. You know, people, there's other people out there that have gone through divorce. There's other people out there that have, you know, gotten kind of let their body get away from them and, and gotten out of shape and had to reel that back in. There's other people out there that have wanted to build a better life for themselves, have had a career shift. Like so many people can relate with your story. The reason I put my story out there is so people could relate with it because I don't think it's anything crazy in the sense of, you know, spectacular, you know, extraordinary, but it's I wanted to break it down in details so that people can relate with it and know that I'm just a human too. I'm the same as them. You're the same as them. Like if we can do it, anybody can do it. Like anybody that puts forth the effort and the initiative and has the determination and drive and the discipline to make something out of their day-to-day, they can make a difference and have a positive impact on so many people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I think one of the biggest, you know, I, I fell into it too. I think people get so caught up in in wanting to change their lives, but they want to change it now. They, they, want, it, they want it to be immediate. And with anything, with, 
with a family, with, with a relationship, with work, with health, with fitness, it takes time. And you have to put the work into it. You can't just wake up one day and be fit. You can't wake up one day and be a good communicator or be a good leader. You can't do that. It's a journey. Everything is a journey. And the more support that you can get along the way, the better. And, you know, like you said, just we're just a couple of guys. And we have passions just like everybody else. And that's actually a page on my website. It's called Passion. And, you know, your passion might be gardening. Your passion might be painting. It might be fitness. It might be cooking. Guys, follow your passion. Passion is what wakes us up in the morning. It's what, it's what puts a smile on our face. And we can't let anyone in this world tell us differently. And that's, that's, that's my motivational quote of the day. <laughs> no, I, I love it, man. I love it. I think, you know, like, like keto is super hot right now. It's super cool. I love, you know, the community's building. But I'm not here to tell anybody how to eat or, you know, how they should live their life. But what, what is cool about keto is also cool with many other, you know, niches and genres. And that's simply, you know, it, it's a vehicle. It can be used as a vehicle to, you know, spread that knowledge, spread that sense of community, interact with people that have similar interests, similar passions, you know, gaining knowledge, you know, helping like if, if, if I've made a mistake and I can help somebody else avoid that mistake, then there's value added there. You know, it doesn't have to be fitness, it doesn't have to be nutrition, but just simply finding something that, that you know, brings joy to your life and then figuring out a way to add value to that community. I mean, that right there is fulfilling. Like, you know, it really is. It's, it's kind of crazy, man. Like, you know, you start a business to make money, right? Like, you want to work for yourself, yada, yada, yada. I get that. You know, yeah. you got to pay the bills. Yeah. But honest honest to goodness, man, what, what brings me more fulfillment than anything is the freaking emails I get and the comments I get on my Instagram, my YouTube, um, you know, all my social media platforms where people will say something like, I'm drawn to you because you're real and authentic and you've inspired me to do X. Like that to me is my oxygen because I mean that that's what make makes me wake up in the morning excited about the day to be able to influence people in a positive way to have them I mean I'm so freaking high on life right now I can't even begin to describe it on this podcast but if I can trigger somebody else to know that that's possible and that they can achieve that and then they have the drive to go for that I mean I'm I'm happy man that's that that's more value in that to me than any monetary amount. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's that's giving back, you know, sharing your passion with others, helping people. I mean, that's, that's what, that's what this, this life is about. I mean, it's not about, you know, self-fulfilling, you know, monetary values. And it's, it's not about that. I mean, and anything that you do in life involves people and, you know, like you said, you know, I can, I can put it in context, you know, to work when somebody comes in and they have issues and you fix their issue and they look at you with a big smile on your face and tell you they love you or pat you on the back or just thank you. You know, it's that little things, those little things that, that bring people together. And it's all about people and community and, and help. And, you know, without, without people, I mean, there, there really wouldn't be much going on. Yeah, 100%, man. 
It, I I could not agree more. Could not agree more. That, that's that's honestly why I wanted to have you on the podcast, man. Like you sent me that email and it, like touched me. And it's like shoot, you know, people people can hear this, and if it inspires one person, then then it's it's a success, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. I love it. I love it. Well, Brian, where, where can people go to find out more about you, man, and watch your journey? Well, just starting out on YouTube, unfortunately, you cannot have a custom YouTube URL at this point. But you can go to my website. It is www.betruebereal.com. That's B-E-T-R-U-E-B-E-R-E-A-L.com. Be True, Be Real. There is a link to my YouTube channel, my Instagram, and my Twitter accounts. Um, I'm just getting started here, so don't expect too much content, but you can sign up for my newsletter. You can shoot me content uh, requests. You can comment. You can, you know, basically, like I said, just have a conversation with me. Just get to know me. I'll get to know you, and we'll go through this crazy life journey together. Real quick, on that on that uh, content that you're lacking right now, man, like I take my hat off to you for starting the process of documenting things. A lot of people, um, they, they say to me, you know, I, I can't start this. I can't do this yet. I can't create this content because I have nothing to say. I have nothing of value that anybody wants to hear. And that could not be farther from the truth, okay? What people want to hear, what people want to see is is totally subjective. And if you can just start documenting your process, whatever that may be, whether it's through health or nutrition or business or, you know, gardening, anything, you know, that's going to resonate with somebody because they're going to be in a similar position. And it's going to be a, a hell of a lot more valuable to see to see you climb from the bottom to the top than to see you already at the top. And, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, like, and I, I do have I do have one video posted on YouTube. It's basically the introduction to myself and to my ketogenic journey. And, uh, you know, my plan is, is like you said, just to put series together on, you know, different topics. And, you know, I'm not, I by no means plan on glamorizing anything. I'm going to be completely transparent. I'm going to talk about the ups, the downs, the lefts, the rights, the whole nine. And, you know, it's, I'm going to be true and I'm going to be real. Hence my website. It's, it's not about sugarcoating anything. It's not about overproduction. It's not about cinematic um, transitions and, and those types of things. It's, it's real life. And I think people get caught up, especially in the social media age we live in, in this kind of fake persona, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the things that you watch on YouTube is not real life. It's not. And to set expectations on certain things, and expect certain things to come out of life that are not truly real, it's not a benefit. And like I said, that was the biggest thing that drew me to you was you were, you were, you were real. You were down to earth. You were relatable. You had been through a lot of the same struggles that I had been. And it wasn't, I didn't, I didn't feel like I was watching a Steven Spielberg directed movie. I felt like I was, I was, having a conversation with a real guy and just those are the kinds of things that I want to do uncut real to the point you know if you want to say something positive I accept it if you want to say something negative I embrace it that's only gonna that's only gonna push me harder and make me want to help more people 
I love it, man. <laughs> I'm excited for you. You got the right outlook, the right mentality, 100%. I mean, I'm I'm excited to watch watch your journey, man. I appreciate it. I really do. And I'll link out to all those as well so people can find them easily. Great. I would appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Well, Brian, again, man, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure. Again, thank you so much for jumping on here and sharing your story. I know it's sometimes not easy to, to kind of talk about the lows in life, but I think the lows are the most valuable things to talk about, you know? I hear, I hear you. And I, like I said, it's, it's real life. If you run, if you run from the lows, you can't get to the highs. Yeah. You got to be honest with yourself if you have any, any hope of improving yourself. Absolutely. Very cool. Well, Brian, man, until next time, brother, you keep killing it, man. I, I appreciate you having me on, Robert. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Likewise. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Take care.